Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the sports staff of the Holland Sentinel, this is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel weekly sports podcast. I'm sports editor Dan Diadonna, along with... Assistant sports editor Chris Zatarazny. You had to think about that one I for did. a second. I did. Uh, we've got uh, rivalry week this week. with Part our, one. Part one. We've got three of our four biggest rivalry rivals uh, happening this week on the football field. Um, and we will get to those with all of our expert opinion analysis and predictions um but we want to start for another week here we're going to start with the detroit lions talk here uh lions knocking off the packers uh it's the first time they've beaten the packers three games in a row since ninety ninety one. when chris was um i had turned one one actually years I, yeah, I was just born when Chris was an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes, yeah. that was the last time the Lions have beat the Packers <laughs> three straight. Don't um, ask me about that. I don't remember any of that. I was nine. Uh, there you but, go. Um, so I do remember that, though. That was the team, you know, the Barry Sanders-led team that made it, that actually won playoff games. Who knew the Lions could actually do Things that? I don't know. Um, that was a, man, that was a great team. So here they are again now, three in a row against the Packers. They have knocked off the Packers and the Patriots and almost Dallas. Probably should have. After getting smoked by the Jets, losing to San Francisco, which is now San Francisco's only win. Yep. Uh, they beat the uh, supposedly the good teams and then lose against supposedly the bad teams. But that's kind of it's kind of a mixed bag right it's, now. It is a mixed bag. I don't even know what to expect. Um, what do you? What do you make of them now, and what did you make of this game? Well, I'm going to be straight up honest. I watched the first half and then turned it off because it was the best first half I've ever seen from a Lions team. So as a skeptical person who's watched the Lions for numerous years, I assumed the second half would only go badly for them. And it, and it somewhat didn't go badly, but they were on, you know, they... It went worse. The, pa- mean, the Packers are a good team, so they came back. But I didn't see the second half. Um, obviously, I saw Mason Crosby missing all those field goals, <laughs> which is a shocker. Crazy. He's always been money for them. Right. When's the last time you got a kicker that missed five kicks in one day that didn't lose their job? Yeah. And he shouldn't lose his job. No, he's... He's built up enough credit. Yeah, he's he's been good. I used to have him when I played fantasy football. He was my kicker a lot. And I like, good. I like their move at the end. I don't know, since you didn't see the second half. They they were down. The game was over. And they, they brought him out for a last-second last field goal with the game not on the line, and he made it. Oh, so confidence. And so I thought that was a really important move when you know you're not going to win the game. And it was a long one. I mean, like it was, it was, uh, it's, it I, thought was for a I thought there. that was really, uh, really good. And, and I, I mean, obviously we're talking about the Lions, but deviating f- to the Packers for a little bit, continuing along this theme. I mean, you saw, I mean, if you watched the game or watched on SportsCenter, Aaron Rodgers went over and put his arm around him, you know, and before this, yeah, before the last him. kick. Yep. And, you know, basically said hey we'll get them for you next time or you know whatever because you know 
and he knows, Aaron Rodgers knows better than anybody, there are games over the years that the Packers should have lost that they won because of their kicker. Yep. And that is how it happens. And a kicker probably blows a game once a year for a team, even if it's just one missed kick at the end. You know what I mean? Uh, I have not seen one like that before. Oh, anybody has. But especially because it wasn't just a revolving door of kickers, you know, underperforming off the street, coming in and whatever. This was an established one of the better kickers in the last decade. That was really strange. But that shouldn't take away what the Lions did. The Lions forced them into field goal attempts by stopping them on third down a lot and had takeaways and made the most of Green Bay's turnovers. Yeah. So I think that that, that was a big step for them, especially you know the run game wasn't quite there, um, had some injuries in the run game, and the defense did what it had to do. I mean, it's not, it doesn't have to be pretty. And it doesn't have to be dominant necessarily, but if you got, you have to take advantage of what you've got, and they did, and they won. Yeah, I they won by eight points, and if Mason Crosby is as usual as he normally is, they, the Lions would have lost because that's twelve points off the board that he let go. Well, I think he would have. I I think you got there was one of them that was long enough that oh sure if you get fifty sure. fifty, but it's still eight and then nine points. Yeah, exactly. So, so. that. Combine that with the fact that the Packers on offense had 521 total yards to the Lions 264. Offensively, the Packers were kind of just doing their thing, but they just couldn't get points well, in the red fumb- zone. Two fumbles and a lot of third down misses. Yeah, it's just so again the Lions won, but I'm just I'm still out. The jury's out on this one right now. Yeah. I still don't know. Um, the Lions are just kind of being the Lions, but this is a win that that is surprising to me. I just. I think th- uh, I think this in a way the jury's out in how the game was won but I think this actually made me a little more confident in them because I have, how long has have we talked about Lions teams that don't make the most of right. turnovers oh, yeah, and exactly. things that are happening so I think that's a huge step in the right direction and I'm 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 kind of getting on the Patricia bandwagon here I like what he's doing um, and they're just, they seem to be a little different and I, that doesn't mean they're going to be, you know, winning playoff games this year or anything like that, but it doesn't, there was optimism before the season started and then it was after the Jets game, it was like, oh, here we go again. I think we're, we, and we'd established last week that we're in the middle. I yep. think this is a slight positive. I think, oh, we're, I, agree. I think, yeah. I think this is, a, I mean, that's a couple of, you know optimistic cautiously optimistic weeks that's three even with a loss in dallas that's a tough road loss and it was a two-point game i mean that's pretty much three games in a row that they played very well yeah which is good when's the last time they played three games in a row really well i can't tell Uh, you that either good question so for me i think this the next game that they have which won't be this week it'll be two weeks from now is hardly off bye week they play the dolphins they're a tie to top the AFC East with the Patriots, which is really weird for me to say and think about. I know, um, and it's not even Marino. Yeah, yeah. So their offense isn't great down in Miami, but their defense is fairly good. Um, so I'm curious to see how Stafford and this offense performs against that Dolphins defense in a couple weeks. Um, a bye week is huge for injuries and getting those guys back, especially TJ Lang on the offensive line. Um, and then they play the Seahawks after that at the end of October. But for me, if, if I really want to jump on that positive bandwagon train there, 
um, a, a win over the Dolphins, any kind of win, I think, would put me there because whether it's win by two or win by three or win by 20, uh, winning that game on the road against a better team in the AFC East uh, is going to be hard to do. So I'll give it two more weeks and I'll see where I'm at. All right. Um, and for the record, that's leaving me cautiously optimistic right now. So, yes. you know, interesting to see weird. when that'll change. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, now we we'll move. Let's move to college football. We had uh, in the, in the big schools. We had Michigan beating Maryland and Michigan State being upset by Northwestern. Um, we'll start real quick with the Michigan Maryland. We don't need to super dissect it, but. I am surprised how well Michigan handled Maryland. Maryland uh, beat they're, Texas. They're much improved. Which beat Oklahoma. Yep. And uh, Maryland's beat Texas twice in a row. They've, they're so much more improved than they've been. And, you know, I don't know if it's just bad memories of getting blown out in the big house or whatever, if there was some sort of mentality to it either. But Michigan, this was, you know, Michigan looked quite good. And had control of that game the whole way. Offensively, Shea Patterson looked really good throwing. And then on the run game, Cron Higdon looked really good. There was not uh, a part of that game that I didn't think that the Michigan was looking bad, which surprises me a little bit considering how kind of up and down their season start has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this this week is going to be tough. I mean, this is a Wisconsin team that's really good. It's college game games coming to, this, coming to Michigan Stadium. For this, is, this matchup, this is going to be their toughest test. Uh, thus far even tougher than notre dame i think and why is that um great question i i just think they're a better team you think wisconsin's better i think wisconsin's better than notre dame yeah i know they're ranked lower than notre dame Eh, rank schmank for me at this point in the season you you face notre dame in the first game of the season you're kind of still feeling some things out not really sure where what things are clicking and how things are going to go here you're in mid-october with you know what you have you know how things should run and a Wisconsin team that knows how to do things right on uh, a top 15 matchup is going to be a tough it's a tough game. Yeah, for sure. Um, then we got Michigan State losing to Northwestern. Northwestern's played very well two games in a row. There. I mean, they running back too. They were, they're you know, retired. they they had Michigan on the ropes. And you know the 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 sputtering inconsistent offense finally caught up to yep. Michigan State. I mean, there we knew that was going to happen at some point that if they didn't you know, flipped a switch that somebody was going to get them. Um, and Northwestern was playing well and probably pretty upset they didn't close the deal against Michigan. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, hats off to Northwestern. I mean, that's, that is, you know, a couple of big, big time games back to back. But Michigan State, I mean, their defense played fine, you know, like they just, like, but the offense, it just is, they just doing just enough. If you miss that play that makes it just enough, it's not enough. Yeah, and their run and, game didn't look good at all either. And that's, I mean, that's what happened. And they have to have a good run game. Yep. If they don't have a good run game, they're not going to be able to establish. They're not good enough in the pass game to take over a game with that. Um, Twenty-four carries for ninety-six yards is not going to win you a football game, right? In a and, big time. And their defense, right? Didn't their defense gave up eight yards rushing? Eight yards rushing, yeah. Eight yeah. yards on twenty carries, which is insane. That's not that's normal. Dominant, yeah. But then they gave up what? Almost three hundred yards passing. Almost four hundred yards. Almost four hundred yards passing. There you go. I mean, that's that's very uncharacteristic of that part of the defense too to yeah. play that well with one and that poorly for the other. I mean, I would have. 
them holding a team like Northwestern to eight yards rushing doesn't surprise me. It's the, you know, and then if you said they passed for 200 yards or 250 yards, that would make sense. Yep. You know, but that that was a little bit too much when your offense is not going. Now, that's partially unfair to the defense because they have to do more. They've been carrying more weight than the offense because the, the offense has been so inconsistent. Um there was no fourth quarter comeback of sorts for Michigan State. They, they scored zero points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they didn't really that? have much. I don't know. I want. I don't want to say urgency because they needed. They wanted to get there, but they just couldn't. They just didn't score. It was, and we've seen that in the past where they could come back in the fourth quarter, whether it was up or down, and score a touchdown when they need right. to. But it's not this week. Game. I mean, these games against Northwestern, especially, like it's always a tough battle. Well, the, I mean, like Michigan, it was a like for Michigan fans, it was a. Here we go, because they never play well at Northwestern. Yep. And then it was like, oh, oh, whew, okay, we won. You know, and this one, it was just kind of like the air got sucked out of it for Michigan yep. State. And then it just, they couldn't recover from that. I mean, to not even get a field goal in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's, of know, a game you're behind. They had no touchdowns in the first half. It just wasn't clicking for them at this time. Yeah, and it, it was, yeah like I said, it finally caught up to them. The inconsistency was there. Right. And it's a, and uh, honestly, I mean, it's a bummer that it caught up to them in this game. Yep. For them, because they have plenty of tougher tests ahead. Um, but maybe Especially with Penn State. But maybe for them, randomly, it's the you know they needed this yeah. to show them because um, that loss to Arizona State was not the same kind of a loss. No, it was close uh, on the road in a, in a tough atmosphere. Right. You know, this this was a this one was a more of a oh man we did not play well yep um so maybe that'll help them their offense do, try something different or you know get its act together a little bit because they nothing gets easier I mean well, they, they got to play stars they got to play something. Penn State then they got to play Michigan Penn State on the road this weekend yeah. by the way going to Happy Valley is not an easy task and then you got no. Michigan next week your rival before you end up with Purdue at home. So it's these these next two weeks for Michigan State are crucial to the rest of their season. Yeah, they must win these games to keep their Big Ten hopes alive. To yeah, <laughs> you know, two weeks it's amazing, and it's not the last two weeks. No, there's plenty more weeks left. I mean, they got obviously they got Ohio State and other things going on too. But that's this. They got to get the, through there to earn that. This is the key a, of their season right now. Yeah, so it should be interesting. Um, we won't talk too much about Grand Valley State. They beat Dixie State. I mean, it was a. Typical, they're number two in the country, and just kind of rolled over Dixie State. It wasn't a Dixie State; it's from Utah, yeah. not Mississippi. I thought I would have thought that too. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, but uh, I mean, every, they had everything, everything rolling. Bart Williams yeah. looks great. The run game looked good. Their defense looked good. Um, Big game this weekend, though. Number, but yeah, this is it. Two this is three. it. They're number two. Ferris State's number three. They're also arch rivals. They do not like each other. This uh, this could be. Could be a, one of the classics. I mean, they've had some classics in the last few years. This could be a great, just a great game. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that this plays out. Now that they, I mean, this was probably a pretty good tune-up for Grand Valley as they head into the, the Ferris State matchup. But th- these games, uh, these games are really exciting and really uh, intense. Yeah, and it's, this is they're going to have their own little version of College Game Day, even though Game Day is going to Ann Arbor. Everyone's trying on Twitter to, to get game day over to, to Grand Valley. And why wouldn't they? Number two versus number three in Division Two are playing each other. And from 9 to 10 a.m., they're going to have their own ESPN3-type uh, show 
uh, on the hill at uh, Lubber Stadium. So any Grand Valley fans want to get out there at 9 in the morning uh, to be on some TV. I'm sure they will. Uh, that's going to be packed. It's going to be a fun weekend. Definitely, definitely. And then we got Hope surviving Albion on the road. Yeah. Um, after that Love loss that. to Trine, they bounce back. Four interceptions to win late. Um, Mason Apple had a great, great game. Uh, Kamani Dooley had two interceptions and this was the field that he blew his knee out two years ago at um so that's a huge in a previously unbeaten albion team by the way they were they were were four so that's a huge win for for hope yeah and they've got i mean the miwa is much improved this year it seems and uh this is a big step on the road and this is their rival they don't calvin does not have football although i think trying is kind of taking over it just based on the bet them being the best two teams in the league but Albion couple, is their couple more years. Albion is their them. oldest rival, and there's always something about that game. And uh, but yeah, we might be writing some stories in the next year about how that's shifting a little bit. Yep. Um, but if Albion keeps playing like this too, you know, maybe there'll be some sort of a three-way rivalry, which would be great for the MIAA because competitive. Anything, you, want, you want a competitive league. Anything makes any anything that heightens anything is good for them right now. Yep. So um, and then. This week they're playing Finlandia. Finlandia is new to the league. Um, they are not. I'm just going to say they're not good. I didn't. Well, yeah, I didn't even know they had football uh, until this year. Really, or until last they've year. They've been independent for a while, but they just haven't been. They always play hope good. in basketball tournaments, you know, and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, they're zero and two. They're zero five overall. Zero uh, yeah. two in the league. They're adjusting to the MIAA. It's going to take a couple of years to get that talent in there and work it to where they want to be. Um, but they're probably going to be at the bottom of the league for the next couple of years just as Definitely. they grow and that's and that's a normal process for a new they team gotta the drive a long way too from the upper peninsula oh, to all these games the thumb on the peninsula like by the way yeah it's it's not fun but at the same time they're in michigan it's nice that they're playing the yeah. Mich- michigan teams rather than all the wisconsin teams are traveling who knows how far they were traveling independently playing wisconsin well, they were Lutheran, going wisconsin, and yeah. all these kind of places um teams in minnesota i mean this is um this is a better deal for them to have an in-state oh, absolutely. conference, but yeah, yeah it's going to be it's going to take some adjustments. Yeah, if for you sure. look at the uh, MIAA stats and leaders per game on on offense, you're not going to see any Finlandia players up there and probably the top ten. Um, but if you look on defense, they're probably going to be leading in tackles because they the, just have a lot of time on defense. Right. Um, so it's going to be a tough uh, tough year, tough couple of years for them. But uh, hope it's it's uh, you know another game for them at home, another chance to get a win and uh, move on to next week. All right, and before we get to our high school football analysis, previews, rivalry, spiel here, there's a couple other things in high school sports that we just want to make sure that we mention because there's some pretty pretty cool things going on. Um, we'll start with the Hamilton volleyball team. They are having themselves a season. Uh, they're in, alone in first place in the OK Green for the first time in ever maybe they're ranked uh, as well eighth in the yeah, division two that's that's class it's been a while it's been at least five years since they've been ranked i know they were in first place five years ago at some uh and i think ended up maybe winning a share they've never won it outright and the last time they won the con- their conference outright was before there was an okay green um they were in a different conference that was a while um, ago so it was gold or blue or something um that was when they were like regional champs um, so, but they're doing some great things. They got a great back row, which you know their volleyball team is good if you start by saying if you start by saying they have a great back row because uh, that just doesn't happen for high school teams. Yep. Um, and then you got um, AJ Ediger in the middle, uh, 
you know, she's a dominating athlete, and their outside hitters are uh, supremely talented. They got a two setter um, system, and both setters are getting the ball to to the hitters, and both play really good defense too. So it's it's a very well rounded team. I'm not su- I'm not surprised they're this well rounded, but I was surprised at just how good they are this year, and I've seen them quite a bit now. Um, they improved so much from last year, um, which is really good to see. Um, so they're, they've got that going. Uh, we have also we have the Saugatuck cross country team knocked off number one Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart. Yeah, uh, for the first time and, uh, the on the girls' side. On the girls' side, yep. the boys. It's the first time that Sacred Heart, by the way, has lost to a Division Four team in four years. Right, that's crazy. And it's the boys unreal. also beat Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart was ranked number two yep. in the boys um at this portage invite this is huge for saga Tech. Oh, i absolutely. mean they they have been a powerhouse they've won state championships they've moved up divisions they've moved back down they've moved all around the boys have won a bunch of state titles i should say the girls have not this is a huge signature moment for the girls program oh, yes um and they can keep hopefully keep that momentum riding after that after and, that win though michiganecrosscountry.com ranked saga took boys and girls first in division four four for the first, this is the first time both teams have been ranked number first one. Yeah, the girls history. have always been the girls have been two, three, they've and been four close quite a bit. But Sacred but, Heart's always been there. Right, they're always really good. Definitely. This is this is huge going into the final few weeks of the season into regionals and a couple weeks and the state finals in about three weeks. This is a big burst of momentum for Sagatuck. So it's really, gonna be really exciting to see what they for can both do. the boys and girls, but especially yes. the girls because they've never really this is uncharted waters for them. Yeah, and the boys are you know after winning quite a few state titles and state runner-ups having you know in a in a five six year span they've had a couple years where it's been not quite right there as they've moved up to division three um but now to have that new group kind of leading the way now it's uh it's it's good for them uh showing what their future can look like too yep um then uh chris you want to talk about these golfers yeah these ties we're having here <laughs> We had a couple of golfers on Saturday, uh, Hamilton's Myra Bexfort and Zealand West Floyd Wangvlart. They tied for the OK Green Individual Championship, which doesn't really happen in golf very often. You have to be really close throughout the season to have similar scores, if not same, the same scores. Um, Wangvlart won a number of OK Green titles this year in Jamborees, and, and not titles, Jamborees uh, this season. But uh, Myra was very close in all those, either ranking second or third or fourth. Um, and then she came out and shot really well on Saturday and some kind of cloudy, rainy, misty day. And and they tied. And they tied for tied the, for the title. championship. And then they played Monday, which was yesterday, uh, at the recording of this podcast. And uh, Myra, once again, she won. Floyd finished, I think, third. Mm-hmm. Um, at the wooden shoe invite. The wooden yeah. shoe invite. Um, Myra shot a 38 on the back nine of Wuskahan Players Club. Uh, I think Floyd shot like a 41 or 42, somewhere around there. Yeah. But you're playing a back nine on a pretty tough course instead of the front nine, and it's increasingly harder. So to shoot under 40 on a course like that uh, is, is quite impressive. It's very then, impressive. So regionals are this week for all of our golf teams. Uh, Wednesday, Hamilton uh, and Holland Christian, I think, are in Division Three. West Ottawa, Holland. Uh, West Ottawa, sorry, goes to Division One on Thursday, and then Holland, Zealand East, and West all golf on Thursday as well in Division Two. Uh, so we'll see who uh, could come out of that, but uh, it's likely that Longvlart and Bexport could come out of that and go to states uh, in a couple weeks. Yep, and Soccer Tech's got their conference cross-country, which is, uh, I would say, a very much foregone conclusion Easily. Uh, for them. 
But uh, then we will have the OK Red and Green next week and move on to regionals from there. So we'll have more to talk about there. And we'll be moving through uh, the swimming and uh, volleyball stuff, too, which is you know kind of on par. And then we got district soccer starting next week. So uh, Time is flying by in the fall season. We'll have plenty of stuff to talk about next week, more non-sports stuff as we get going. So, uh, But now I know you guys, it's rivalry week. You guys Everyone's have all waiting, been waiting for, for us. Um, to see what we what we know about these rivals, what we think about these rivals, and how I'm going to pull further away from Chris in the picks. Uh-huh, I see how that is. So, um, so we uh, uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start backwards and go from uh, from some of the non rivalry games yep. first. That we'll move through pretty quickly. We'll start with uh, Goebbels at Fenville. Um, you know, we're a week off from talking about the Saugatuck Fenville rivalry because that's week nine. Um, I would say uh, Goebbels plays at Fenville, and um, uh, and Saugatuck plays at Lawton. Uh, I think I mean, Fenville beat Lawton last week. Goebbels has been beaten pretty handily by Saugatuck. They each play to like, kind of trade opponents. I think it's pretty safe to say we're both picking the local teams in these Saugatuck yep. and Fenville to set this up so next week we can talk all about how they're going to be playing for their conference championship yes yeah goals is is one in six fanville six one that's an easy pick there um i both teams are looking at next week already and i, I can't blame them they're playing teams law is a little bit better than goals but they're right. not they're not going to beat saga it's just it's just pretty much already a given right. at this point i think they're three and three or three and four or something like that uh, uh three and four Lawton is so saga tuck fanville Week nine, it's going to be a great matchup. Gotcha. Okay, we got one more non-rivalry. May have been a rivalry at one point. I don't really know. This would have been before my time. But we got Wayland at Hamilton. Um, who you got? Uh, I've actually got Hamilton in this game. I don't know if you would have picked Hamilton or not, but uh, you know, Wayland's four and three. Hamilton is two and five. I think they're a good two and five, as we've talked about all season. They've been a pretty good team. They've just, you know, they've missed a couple things here and there, and uh, having. No, Riley tells him the last couple weeks hurts him on defense. They get him back this week. Um, I think the run game wins it for Hamilton in this one. Yeah, I actually agree. I think uh, Wayland lost to Wyoming, which has been slaughtered by West Ottawa, Holland, and you know Hamilton's beaten Holland. And I think the difference of leagues is showing yes. here. And I agree. I think Ham- Hamilton wins this game. It's uh, you know a game that they had hoped would kind of be their push to the playoffs, but they're one too yeah. one too many losses uh, to be considered uh, for the playoffs now but they can still finish strong and i think this is a big step for them to be able to win this one and set up the final week so yep okay now our rivals uh we've got three rivalry games we're going to start with grand haven at west ottawa uh this is one of our older rivals it's not two local teams grand haven is about as close to a non-local team as you get <laughs> yep yeah. Um, oh yeah they've played each other a long time in the okay red um they both had some great years some down years some even years the games are always well they've both upset each other in the midst of very great seasons um in the past decade so um yeah grand haven at west ottawa who you got well, last week I saw West Ottawa lose on a fourth down play at the buzzer at the one-inch line at Granville. That was one of the craziest endings to a football game I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and they went 80 yards with no timeouts in under three minutes but couldn't score. And the attitude from Coach Ryan Oshnack was, yeah, we lost, but 
did you see our comeback? They were down 21 points. They scored 21 straight to tie it and almost tied it at the end to push it into overtime. That's a positive to me. I think that's, and it was a positive to him as well. Um, that doesn't get them down. I think that only sparks them. And being that Grand Haven is two and five, and Westado is looking for that sixth and elusive playoff spot at this point now with two weeks left, uh, I think that spurs them to a win. All right. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think West Ottawa is clearly better than Grand Haven at this point. The game's at home. Uh, they need it for the playoffs. Uh, they want it for the playoffs. They don't want to be going in. You don't want to be going in the last week with that hanging over if you can avoid it. Um, but I think. Especially yeah, against Hudsonville. Yeah. Hudsonville's been really good. They, they need to win this game and they will come out guns a blazing and uh, they will. They will get it done. And just for comparison's sake, uh, they lost last week twenty-eight to twenty-one. Uh, Grand Haven lost to Granville seventy-three to twenty-one. So that, that tells you a big difference there. Just a little. All right. So then our next rivalry game: Holland Christian at Holland. Um, originally this year, if you told me at the beginning of the year which game was going to be bigger, East West or Holland Holland Christian. I would have thought it would be a little more even. Uh, not necessarily saying that the teams are better, but Holland and Holland Christian is a great rivalry, obviously. I mean, it's, I mean, it's our best basketball rivalry. It's, it's a big deal in a lot of sports, in, in all sports, really. Oh, yeah. um, but it just hasn't had – I mean, Holland Christian hasn't had football that long, and it's not really – it's only been a, uh, a game that could decide something very few times uh, – like last year, it got Holland into the playoffs. Um, but Holland's top two players, two other top players, are hurt. Donovan Webb's out. Ben Leake didn't play. Um, it's losing its... It's still a huge game and an important game, but Holland Christian is loaded offensively. Yep. And just I just don't think Holland can, can, uh, can keep up with that without the losses that they have personnel wise um i think it's 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 really sad i thought this was going to be one of the best games of the season and now it still could be but going into it it doesn't have the same hype that that it would have yeah you're right on paper it's not as as exotic or exciting as it could be exotic. where where you are missing donald and ben lika if you had both those players in this game i don't know who i would pick but without those two players they are game changers Right, um, and it could have been a playoff possible absolutely. for them because Holland with that with those players, Holland's results might have been different exactly. in the last couple of weeks. So now they're two and five, and their playoff hopes are dashed. That's that's not going to happen for them. Holland Christian's playoff hopes are still alive. Uh, they they need two wins though uh, to get there. They're four and three, so they need to win both this game and next week to make it in. So they know they have to play above and beyond their their skill level to be a Holland team that's going to come out and play really really well. You know they want nothing more than to spoil Holland oh, yes. Christian's chance at the playoffs. That that would be the cherry on top of their season, after a, a tough season. But last year I said this, and I was torched for it on the field by a number of people that I don't even know. And I said, Wilson Weyerbaugh is going to light up the Holland defense. That didn't happen because he was injured. So I'm going to remind everybody that that didn't happen because he was injured. It didn't happen because Chris was wrong. He's this been wrong year, about plenty of things. But this year it's going to happen. He's not injured. He has two wide receivers that are incredibly talented. Really three. Yeah, Ben Slink as well. I mean, yeah. he's kind of that third, kind of under-the-radar guy where he's gotten some yards when they're double-teaming both Van Weeren and Brady Howe. Uh, but this is going to happen this year. 
no doubt in my mind, uh, uh, Wilson Weyerbaugh is going to lead Holland Christian to a, a big win over Holland uh, to get one step closer to a playoff spot that they has been elusive for them for a little bit. All right, and if you see Chris on the sidelines or at the game, feel free to torch him, as he said, about his predictions. Of course, I welcome it. Uh, we're going to use that <laughs> for him, torching. Um, so... I don't think there's much else we really have to say about that one. I mean, no, it's, just, it's still gonna be a fun game, though. It's still it'll still be a great game. It'll be a great atmosphere. It's just too bad it's not setting up for something epic because I yep. think this could have been a really good year where the teams both had huge strengths over each other and huge weaknesses, and it would balance out pretty decent, and that would have been really fun. Yeah. So um, I agree. I think Holland Christian wins and. You know, and then wins next week and gets the playoffs. So well, that's my prediction already on well, next week. So we'll see. We'll see next week. <laughs> um, all right, the game everybody's been waiting for: the Bird Bowl, Zealand East versus Zealand West. Both teams are undefeated in the conference. Both teams only have one loss. Both teams are kind of ranked. Uh, Zealand East Zealand, is number six in yep. Division Three, and the Ducks are an honorable mention. I'm not really sure one vote. why there's that discrepancy. It's weird, um, especially for a team that wins all the time like yeah. the ducks i mean like as far as they're and considering their opponents program, as well. yeah I, I, i'm really surprised uh, but that's why you can't put too much that's why we play the games you can't exactly. put too much faith in the rankings um but this is this i i keep thinking every year how the the bird bowl is going to top itself and it's very hard this i mean this this year i mean last year was the same the conference title was also on the line which it is now both teams were really good, which they are again, and it's just been a great atmosphere and great battle every single year. And I think because there's always so much on the line, because there's so much uh, talent on both sides and relatively equal play, and they sometimes have to play each other again in the playoffs, I I'm going to go out there and say, I've said this before, I've written this before, this is the best football rivalry in West Michigan because we've got you know, people you went to school with playing against each other. They're both teams are great. Their programs have been for years now. It's, this is not like you know, one-hit wonders. The, these games have been great all the time. And... Um, it keeps coming down to the conference championship. I mean, we had the one year where it was the Ducks Byron Center, but for the most part, since the since the chicks got back into the green, it's had to go through both of them. And uh it was yeah, it was really too bad when the, the, the chicks were in the OK black. It was quite a bit different. It was them versus Muskegon or versus Mona Shores or whatever and it just what didn't have the same <laughs> didn't have the same uh pizzazz that this game has. I mean this is this is the game that everybody wants to go see. And if you are not affiliated with another team, go see this game. If you just want to go see a great game, this is a game that everybody in the community should experience at least once. I think it's uh, really exciting. I'm saying this to Chris. I don't think Chris has experienced it. I did <laughs> oh, not. the playoffs. I did not. Uh, the playoffs, yes. Yeah, and so that, was, that counts. That counts. It's a little That's different because the Zealand West dominated right. that game last year. And that has happened. Yeah. That has happened three times. They've met in the playoffs three times. And did we say all three times? All three Zealand times. Zealand East yeah. won the regular season the regular matchup. season matchup, and all three times the Ducks got revenge in dominating defensive fashion in the playoffs. So if this rematch comes into play, 
look out. Which it could. It will be it will be even more epic and yeah. who knows what could happen. I mean Zealand East has got that hanging over their heads too. But Zealand East has got a dynamic offense. They got Fusco. They got Taylor. Yeah, I think uh, Gabe Taylor just got an offer from Fair State as well. Yeah, and uh, they've got a great line. They've got defense. They've got Boone Bonima going to Western. They've got Tag Bonima. He just got an uh, offer from Western, even though he's just a freshman. You've got Berghorst eating up the middle on there. These guys, and they've seen Zealand West wing T. They've slept. They've you know. They've, they've had. I'm sure they've had dreams about it. Both good dreams about stopping it. Nightmares about not being able to stop it. They, they live, breathe, and sleep trying to stop this wing tee because that's pretty much all that Zealand West does, and they do it so well. But Zealand West is running the wing tee even better this year than they did last year. I would say, and their defense is better than it was. Oh, last by far. Year. And that makes this a very, very interesting, interesting matchup. Um. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is probably this could be the most anticipated matchup, regular season matchup of the two. I like, I mean, when they were in different conferences up until a few years ago, their game against each other was in like week one or two, so it was different. Um, it didn't have the same hype of the season build up because you weren't quite sure what you're getting out of all the teams. Um, last year was a pretty good one. Last year was a pretty good build up. Um, but I like this one too because it's a week earlier, and uh, so there's there's uh, more on the line. But there's also the the it can affect more things because the team that wins still has another week to win or falter going into the playoffs, and the team that loses has the chance to get back on track before the playoffs. Or let this sink them down before they get to the playoffs yeah. too, and then they could wrap right back up and meet again. They could; it could be a Zealand East West sandwich with Week Nine in the middle, which is kind of awesome. I mean, I know they've played back to back weeks before because they've yep. come right back and play in the playoffs. Um, I kind of like the week in the middle to like let it let it settle, and then it's come back different. to it. It's it's very different. We've never had this this kind of scenario before. It's like. I imagine it as like you're going up a roller coaster, tick 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 tick, and you get to the top, and this is the this is the top. This game is the top, and then all of a sudden you have to go down to go back up again. Yeah, because you got another game next week. Yeah, it's so interesting. F- and then the, and the down part signifies losing team. You right. still got another. You still got to go up for another week. So this is really interesting on their mental psyche, um, having this game week eight rather than week nine. And, Definitely. And last week was week nine for the first time in you know in a while. I think uh, two back to back years was week nine. Right. Um, so it's it's a little different uh, for me seeing this in a week eight instead of week nine since I've known it as a week nine game. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I don't really, I don't know. What do you, what do you think uh, happens here? Um, I'm taking the chicks. I think they seem to win the regular season matchup. They do. <laughs> um, and I think that they both have equally but different dynamic offenses. But I think Zealand East's defense is a little bit better. And this is a wing tee that is not going to surprise or overwhelm them like it has other opponents. Um, I'm not saying that Zealand West won't be able to move the ball or make some big plays. But it's not the surprise factor or the, you know, oh crap factor or whatever is not there. And I think they've got all kinds of veterans on that defense. And I think that's going to be what, what, what the key is here. Um, Zealand West defense is great. Their offense is great, but I think 
that uh, – oh, by the way, Zeeland West passes more than they have recently too because Gulker has a great arm. Yes. But Zeeland East also knows that. That's not going to surprise them like it surprises other teams right. or they has know. surprised other coming. teams. So I think – I mean, I just think that it's going to come down to a key defensive stop. It doesn't have to be at the very end of the game, but I think there's going to be a key key swing with uh, with a defensive play in the second half. Um that uh, that that wins it for the chicks. Normally, I would agree with you, but not so fast, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> the offenses and defenses are quite similar in terms of points for and points allowed uh, for both teams. Zealand West has scored 244 points in seven games and allowed 143. East, the chicks, they scored 252 and allowed 121. So East is a little bit better than West in terms of both offense and defense, but my my difference i think is how well west defense has been this season um this is probably their best season defensively that they've had in the past couple of years mm-hmm. um in terms of points being allowed and especially dominating some good teams early on the loss to gr christian was close uh, until there was a couple touchdowns late that really didn't describe how the game went sure um but for me the difference will be the linebackers uh for west versus east Boone Bonema is one of the best in West Michigan. He's got his brother next to him. He's really good. But as a freshman, he's still learning. And I think some of those freshman mistakes pop up, and the Ducks run through that. Um, Ross Bowman on the West linebacking core, he's an all-state linebacker. He's really good. Um, he hasn't gone uh, said anything about going anywhere to college yet. I'm sure he'll get some offers or go somewhere. He's that good. I think he stops Josh Fusco. I think he is one of the 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 dominant players on this uh in this game to, uh, on friday night um ross bowman outplays boone bonima wow wow that was a that was a call out too wow okay so um <laughs> it's tr- i mean it's true in the sense that uh, and this is kind of how it's been for the ducks and the chicks lately too is that the that because of the way their offenses are the chicks have the more dynamic athletes or at least to the naked oh, eye yeah. dynamic athletes yep, yep. and but Zeeland West loves just head down, playing the system. They just uh, what does Sturzma call it? Taking your lunch bucket to work. Yeah, exactly. Just going and that is that like is machine. that is Ross Bowman. Yeah. If you, I mean, I know you've talked to him. I've talked to him. It I know is, both players it well. Is, it is he is a just quiet, straight to the point answers. Just whatever, not looking for the limelight. Just looking to get the job done, and they got a lot of guys like that. Yeah, and that's uh, Mason Baker is is like that too. I mean, he's been great defensively, and their offense is like that. I mean, they're I talked to Gulker last week, and he barely, you know, this is the first time I had talked to him, and it was, it seemed like a very interesting first interview. Like it seemed very different. Like you know, yeah. like not looking for the limelight. It was a little. You know, little nerves there. You know, being interviewed and stuff, and it, it's, but they don't they don't want that. They just want to go out and do their job, and they do it very well. And this is, and I'm not saying that like the chicks are flashy. That's not oh, what I'm saying. No, no. They have their the way their system is, and the way their athletes have a lot of their athletes are multi sport. This the particular stars they have now: Burghorst playing baseball, Boone being a thrower. Um, you know, uh, and uh, Gabe being a sprinter. You know, it. it, it um, Fusco plays baseball, right? Yeah, he yeah. Does, so yeah. I mean, that their athleticism is on display a little bit more the year, and so it's well known what they can do. So it's it, it it's an interesting clash of systems, and 
it's it's just interesting. So uh, I, I like I like how I like how we're both thinking on opposite sides of this because there are two very strong opposite cases. This is not just a cut and dry game. I mean, either scenario could very well happen. Oh yeah, any guess and, is a good guess at this point. And it could and and the weather could come into play and make it a whole mess of different too, which would be kind of interesting yeah. as well too. So these are the games. Those games like last Friday. Uh, on a sidebar, a side note here, tangent. Last week, I missed grass fields more than I've ever missed grass fields. I'm sick of turf fields. There's yeah. got to be one game that's pouring. I know that people like it because it keeps the ground better and it's whatever. But, man, when I played football, we loved having that one pouring game in the mud. There's no mud. There needs to be mud. Like I mean, Fenville has mud. And right, Grand, and West Ottawa. West Ottawa right? has mud. Right, has, but uh, it's mud. not like... But they weren't at West Ottawa last week. They were on the road. And Fenville was on the road. So uh, Fenville may have been in the mud. I'm not really sure what Lawton's setup is. But, like, those are the kind of things that I miss about football that I think, you know, that and they really can change. They can really level the playing field if you're a huge underdog. Or they can change the playing field of rivals or whatever really easily because that ball can bounce all over the place. Yeah. Um, So I miss that kind of aspect of football. I feel like they don't have that. Uh, that kind of a there's not that factor anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, East West, this is it. This is legit. I mean, I hope people aren't getting sick of this rivalry because it's so good. I would hope not. Um, and it's back and forth. It's not like one team's winning all the time. Um, it's pretty. I mean, it's it's ten ten five in favor of Zealand West over the years. There were three years in there where East when they first split where East. Only won one game in three years total, so I mean it's it's you can almost kind of dismiss those ones, and then you take the if you dismiss those and take the playoff wins out, it's like a four four and five. Fairly like even, it's yeah. Really, yeah. So um, it's been great. Uh, it's been great to see. I, I kind of do hope it happens again in the playoffs. Uh, just this possibility right now, based on the uh, projections, West would be first in their region, and East would be second. Right, so but that's assuming West. Final. That's assuming West wins. Correct. So I think whoever wins would be the. Oh yes, and the, yep. so it would be hopefully set up for the second round. And then it's which, exactly what would which happen. would be great, and yep. then we know where that for would be. Zealand Stadium. Yeah. So yes. Um. So that would be great. So, uh, it's gonna be a great game. It's I, gonna be a I'm, great game. I'm very excited to see what will happen. I will be at Holland Hall Christian to see how things play out there, but. Uh, you're going to have a good game as well. That's right. Well, get out and see one of them this week. Or Grand Haven, West Ottawa. Um, nothing wrong with going to watch Hamilton or Saugatuck or Fenville play either. Um, but for Saugatuck and Fenville, that rivalry is next week. And we will be all about breaking that one down uh, next week for you guys. So uh, enjoy the week eight of football. And, uh, yeah, and we'll look forward to bringing you more coverage next week. going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast 
set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.